Let's see if we remember how to talk about an owl's loss here on the Owls America Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro in suburban Utah. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Uh, I'm not drinking. I, it's tea time, I think, tonight for for both of us. I went into the kitchen to pull something out and just did not feel like having a drink. And I don't feel obligated to have a drink for the... I mean, I often feel obligated to have a drink to do a Wednesday podcast, but even this week, I did not feel obligated to have a drink to a Wednesday podcast. So I'm drinking some sort of uh, watermelon, cucumber, mint, herbal iced tea thing from Bigelow. It's quite pleasant, uh, much more pleasant than the results we're going to talk about, but talk about them we shall. And joining me to do so in Portland, Oregon, Sarcascadia Owl, Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? I, it is it is tea night. I'm still, still observing Lent, and uh, I'm having a lemon ginger from... Uh, Whoever makes the standard, the staple, one of the staple companies. I'll say Bigelow, but it might have been, yeah. <laughs> it's like they have a good lemon staples. ginger. I, I enjoy the Bigelow lemon ginger. Yeah, Bigelow, uh, Yogi, and yeah. someone else. Stash, one of them. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. In this episode, we will talk about uh, slightly fewer than the points we all wanted last week from the two games against Bolton and Barnsley. We'll cover the Wednesday news and preview a trip to Forest Green Rovers as Wednesday try to get back to winning or at least unbeaten ways. I mean, it's Forest Green, winning ways. Winning, winning ways. But we will start with Bolton at Hillsborough. 1-1 draw under the lights. My word is... So my original word was... Before the Barnsley game, I think my original word was going to be acceptable. Now I think it's concerning. Acceptably concerning. Concerningly acceptable. I don't know. I was, yeah. this played out a lot like the recent run of Wednesday 1-0 wins, right? Uh, an early goal. Everything's, you know, they don't, they look tidy enough. Uh, but the right. problem when you're playing these kind of 1-0 games when you score early is if you put a foot wrong sometime in the intervening 70, 75, 80 minutes, a, a team can equalize. And the, the Bolton move for the equalizer was pretty simple. It was just one of those balls down the right, and Famewo just couldn't quite get a foot on the cross. Flint got a toe, but not enough on the shot, and it set Dawson off just enough that he got five-hold. And just like that, 1-1. One, one. And they didn't really seem to have the sense of urgency. And at the time, I remember thinking, okay, like this is a bad day at the office. And the change the, the change here is a bad day at the office for them now is a 1-1 draw at home against a team in a playoff spot, right? I didn't think Bolton were that good, but I mean, they looked they looked good value for a playoff spot in this league for whatever that's worth. They looked better than Charlton or Portsmouth. And I was kind of like, okay, it does put them in a little bit of a spot going into the Barnsley game. You kind of wanted to win there just so the Barnsley game is gravy. A draw does put a little more pressure on them. But, you know, on balance, I didn't think it was an awful match. But in the context of the previous games and the game at Barnsley, it's it's a wobble is what it was described oh. in the uh, WhatsApp. It's, it's, it's a wobble, right? <laughs> there is going to be a wobble. We know what the rest of the fixture schedule is. We know what the table looks like. We know they have games in hand. If it, if this is just what it is, you know, if they play this game against a lot of the teams that are coming up, they probably see out the one nil win, right? So my concern 
it, well, first of all, I'm going to say that the um, yes, the Barnsley match, as we will discuss, seems to have sucked the wind out of everything. But then in hindsight, maybe it sucked the wind out of everything in the leading days, too. Um, this could have easily been the, uh, the game at Pompey as well. Um, and you're right that this played out exactly like the one nil wins that the wins they have been playing all year. And maybe Pompey was the tipping point where that game really could have gone either way. And this one did. So it's almost like we're learning that these, so uh, the, the, the play, the run of play during these one nil games works against, um, 80% of league one teams. But, uh, once you get to the teams that are in the playoff spots or thereabouts or Pompey at home, uh, it's, it's not the same. So um i was yeah it, it, it yeah i think i feel the exact same way you did as well that's what happens if you play the way you do now that's not going to happen against barnsley which we know it didn't but um and then the well, and then we then the injuries happened so right. that's, i do wonder you know if windass had windass had found a winner somewhere there at the, at the end if he'd stayed for the whole game you know obviously gregory went off with a little knock too and they ended up chasing it with Adenarim playing out of position a little bit, and they never really fashioned a, a clear-cut chance. I think Aiden Flint had a decent uh, header opportunity in that game as well. But had a lot of those decent opportunities lately, hasn't yeah. he? <laughs> uh, but you kind of have to talk about these matches in, in, as a pair, I think, in a lot of ways. So we will go to yeah. we will go to Barnsley on Tuesday night. And quite honestly, uh, my word here is naive because Barnsley played the exact same kind of hard, high-pressing, high-energy that they played when they came to Hillsborough, and Wednesday did not seem to have watched the game tape. And they got played off the pitch for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, and this is also the Barnsley team that has scored three and four goals yeah. against Plymouth and Derby. And again, they in, looked like, look. In the last few weeks. So you they, can, are, they, you know. You can certainly nitpick the, the, the two goals, right? Uh Dawson probably wishes that he was either more aggressive or stayed on his line. He kind of got, uh, kind of got caught in between. And look, uh, Cole had to do a lot to finish from that angle, but he did, and he's a prolific goal scorer in this league. You know, he might bag twenty this year, so he's in the squad to do that. And look, he got he got left out a little bit. Uh, he might have been offside, but it was tight. But you got to play to the whistle there, and they just kind of let him make the run, and. That's what happened. Of course, the second goal was just a, a complete mix-up at the back and a good finish. And I'll, I'll be honest, I turned the game off after that. Oh, my. And then a, a, a couple minutes later, I'm just like, this team has earned me watching this. If they lose 4-0, fine. But this team has earned me watching. The, I mean, I had nothing else to do. I'm sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> anyway, I got yeah, some writing was, to do. Um... But like, So I turned it back on. And look... Um, I actually did just miss the Gregory goal because I had to walk the dog because she was going absolutely nuts. But I went back and watched it. And again, I uh, I came away about as content with a 4-2 loss to Barnsley for them doing the double over Wednesday as I possibly could be, which is a lot of qualifiers. But, you know, they did at least show you something, right? And... They got again. They they got punished every time they made an error, basically, and they still came back. Uh, I thought Marvin Johnson had a great game, and you know the cross for the for the second goal was 
superb, but he had a, a bunch of uh, that kind of service that we've we've come to expect from Neymarv or uh, what was the other one we came up with that I like better? I don't remember what it was, but uh, it was just Neymarv and Neymarv. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought had, was I might have had like Marvello or so, at some point like Marcello. I don't remember um, Margello, something like that. Um, and uh, and they looked they certainly looked good for the third goal and the other opportunities like Orfa missed one Flint the one at his feet oh my, I mean geez he's got it so wrong like he just has to redirect <laughs> it after that just incredible uh, well there was also a ball from Bannon but at the end of the first yeah at the end of the first half there was that barrage that we had where there were yeah, they four run, in a row yeah. and how how they managed to not the save get on the in Smith there header was, was, was good. Else. Like, look, we, I think that, we covered it. The Barnsley keeper is quite going, good. Going into half, quite good in this game. Yeah, Go, going into half even would have been something else entirely. So, yeah. um, I watched it. I don't know if you watched ESPN or if you watched iFollow. I watched ESPN. Um, I watched it on iFollow, and okay, the iFollow. So iFollow had um, Rob Staten and Adam Oxley and Brian Laws yeah. and whoever the yeah. Um, the Barnsley, whoever the Barnsley yeah. color guy is and the energy that the energy the four of them had was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, and I think that a little bit. I just, it was too crowded. Game, I don't also, like the super crowded booths. It just, yeah. When I'm but, watching well, they, soccer, they, I don't like it. They alternated. They did. Yeah. They did it's the, a little, it's a little much for me. And, yeah. So the, um, but the, the energy that they had, I think that enhanced it a lot. Um, even though, yeah, even that, that shocking back to back goals, um, was ultimate despair and yeah i, I understand wanting to turn it off but as a podcasting professional i felt yeah i mean I, I, whatever and, uh, i could have watched the extended highlights i i do honestly think i it was yeah. about as bad a start <laughs> as you can get but i still kind of felt like all right if they get one before half they can make a game of this and they did it and was, they did and no, i thought that when wednesday, i thought when i thought that when wednesday had the runs it was thrilling and i yeah. imagine if i was a barnes supporter i would have found it just equally thrilling and it was a great. Well, the the ESPN Plus commentator like raved about for, how good the game was, and I'm sure it was great for the neutral too. I don't yeah. know how many neutrals soccer fans are turning on Wednesday Barnsley at four o'clock on ESPN Plus. Well, but have you seen the bottom half of the championship? Fair enough, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, but I guess the thing I'd want to talk about with the one nil, the series of one nil wins. Mm. And I think we've talked about this for a while and then we got sick of it, but talking about how many, about the precision Mm -hmm. and the lack of a true striker and not, not being precise and not having a a killer up there. And I think Gregory's two goals were like about as poachers number nine special as you can get. And yeah, the service for both of them was superb, both the Smith ball in and the Marvin Johnson cross, especially given the pace on it. But you know, for Gregory, he's marked for both those goals. He has to beat the defender. He beats the defender to both balls. Right. So, but yeah, they had certainly um, had a ton of opportunities on set pieces. Just you know, and fair play, Barnsley defended pretty well. I mean, they got the blocks in when they needed. Their keeper had a good game. You know, he made the saves he had to make. And yeah, you know, should you be relying on Aiden Flint and Dominic Iorfa? to find you a winner. They didn't really have the players to go and chase it, obviously with, yeah. with Windass hurt and Wilkes not fit yet. And, you know, I'm, I was surprised Gregory played the whole 90 minutes, but he definitely kind of had a different role. I think they were trying to 
I assume he was playing a little bit further forward. He wasn't really doing his hold-up play. They're pretty much going route one and just hoping Smith yeah. could head, out, head it to one of the midfielders or to Gregory or out to the wings. And uh, they finally figured out they just had to basically shoot it over the midfield to avoid the press because they could not handle that press, which, again, was kind of disappointing. And I do think they missed Byers uh, in that regard just to give him a little yes. more a little more thunder in midfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, Barnsley looks like a team that's absolutely sh- uh, scoring goals right now yeah. and, and, and flying and in good form. <laughs> the one thing that did annoy me yeah. for as well as they played and they, they yeah. played quite well, they were good value for the win in all honesty, but like, man, every time they got touched, they were just going like, it was this silly little like, dives and the little thing look they were getting that they were getting the calls right they were getting getting free kicks out of it but just like come on it's a little little bit for you're better than that yeah you're better than that so yeah so yeah i guess Um, the last thing i want to say is just um go ahead i was gonna say the other thing the other thing that i think puts these games a little bit of uh, makes them a little more frustrating look the the runner results elsewhere in the top of the table have not gone wednesday's way right uh you know it's it, they, even going back to the Bolton draw, I saw people moaning that both Ipswich and, and Plymouth and well, like these like they was the twenty three unbeaten. Those are the first points they dropped in like six matches. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is, as Wednesday fans know, and Wednesday fans will be reminded of over the next six or seven matches, the bottom half of this table, and maybe it's even like the bottom two thirds. Like, yes, Ipswich and Plymouth should be beating all these teams. <laughs> Wednesday should be beating all these teams that are coming up. So it's not the the end of the world that they've that they've dropped a second at this point. I think they're, what, only, what, eight up on Barnsley and we four have a up on, three pl- on Ipswich for the game in hand or something? Well, game in hand on Ipswich, but only three points. I said only three, three yeah, points. And a game in hand oh. on Ipswich, yeah. Game in hand. But Ipswich has actually surpassed us in goal differential, which sounds meaningless, but... Um, yeah, didn't they put yeah, like five past four so screen at some point or something recently? Yeah. So when they do have a well, chance so did, to, well, so to get, get, that, get that back, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't want to... Look, mm-hmm. if, it, if it comes down... If we're still sitting here, squeaky bum time a month from now, we could start like looking at the remaining fixture schedules for all these teams and scoreboard watching. But, you know, realistically, it's extremely disappointing that Wednesday had their chance to basically put the stamp on this league and did not do it in these two games. But they also still do control their own destiny, pretty much. And they have a run of fixtures where, again, if they get back on that... Well, I said I wasn't going to look at the table, really. but I well, I've, I've got it on a spreadsheet, don't worry. So. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> Um, but like, look, if they get, if they just get back to their previous two point a game form, which like, look, I think they're probably going to be good for given the, yeah, given so the on... of games they have coming up, that puts them at 98 points. Like yeah. if they don't, if they're not in the top two at 98 points, pff, I guess you just tip your catch, the tip your cap to either Ipswich or Barn- Barnsley, right? Right. Yeah. Point. So we have 30 points available can max out at 108 at this point mm-hmm. so i think hitting that 100 is fair I mean, yeah given the rest of, i mean like look they have a lot of matches coming up on the road obviously you know because for screen cheltenham oxford 
Burton, Bristol, Shrewsbury. I only, only have four home games left. Obviously, the Cheltenham game got moved and things like that. You know, the one the one weird thing about this schedule that actually I think breaks very much in their favor is that they're playing very bad teams, but they're playing teams outside of Forest Green or functionally already relegated that are probably safe, right? So they're not really facing a relegation scrapper. Um, I guess Oxford might be the might be the one there, depending on what that looks like when they when they play them in a couple weeks. But yeah, I mean like Lincoln City, probably safe. Burton Albion, probably safe. Bristol Rovers, pretty much safe. Um I mean Accrington is the one that's in a but in the last relegation spot right now. They're also home against Accrington. They should win that match. <laughs> like uh relegations covered out. But you know, you know, sometimes you get those like away games where there's those teams that are fighting for even a point and they've had trouble breaking them down in the past. Not really this year, but you know, they've they've had a couple of like nil nils, one ones in there where you can see if they just take their foot up the gas for one of these games, then maybe you drop a couple points there. You you shouldn't otherwise. But again, I don't want to dig too deep into that. We'll preview all these games as they come and we'll discuss where the team is as that goes, um, you know, it's, I, I just injury, want to say, um, the injuries worry me at this point a little bit and the squad depth is getting tested and the midfield all of a sudden looks a little, a little well, shaky. Something else that I noticed in the first half of Barnsley is Barnsley looked younger. They just, they looked fresh. They are. They I looked, mean, this is, this is a, this is an older squad now, especially with buyers yeah. hurt and, yeah. And Windass hurt, you know. But you can actually really see it where you yeah. can see that they weren't they were pressing and they just Wednesday just couldn't get comfortable for the first several minutes. Yeah, and like look, uh, there's not a lot of they've I, they've had issues with pressing teams before. There's just not a lot of teams that can press them as effectively as Barnsley could in this league. So they've usually been able to sort of muddle their way through it. But we'll see. Uh, still a lot of season left. It's only six weeks at this point, but it is uh, ten games. So it sounds like Darren Ward's in the locker room afterwards. Said yeah, the right it doesn't seem like. About... Look, they should be upset with the result and the performance, and I think they probably are. But I don't feel like it. There's going to be carryover, right? Like, look, they need to go out on Saturday and just put four past four screen and get their foot back on the gas, and yeah. we'll go from there but I'm not, uh, I'm not concerned yet. Plenty of time for me to be concerned. You might get you might one of those podcasts before the seasons are over. Let's let's have a drink for a run of let's unbeaten a, that yeah. lasted for half of a season. Yeah, Think I mean, that. like, it's, it's one of those. It is annoying that they don't have a bigger uh, gap. I think, like, they started that run in, like, seventh place. They weren't, like, 15th either. Like, they, yeah. they, it's a little weird. But again, there's, there's a lot of points that you can pick up in this league against bottom half and again even bottom two-thirds of the table teams and hopefully we'll uh we'll see wednesday do that the rest of the way for now we'll take a break cover the wednesday news and preview the upcoming fixtures (laughs) 
Now it's time for the Wednesday news. Uh, not a ton of news to cover. It does sound like Wednesday may get a little bit more attacking depth in the coming weeks as Malik Wilkes is back in training and may be available for selection shortly. Probably not for the uh, the next couple of the next couple fixtures that we'll cover in the preview, but perhaps past that. And, and Callum Patterson might be back before the end of the season after what looked like I mean it looked like a season ending hamstring injury or leg injury at the time. So that will help, especially with the sort of being unclear where Windass and, and Byers are. Windass obviously left the Bolton game in a walking boot, which is never something you want to hear for, for an ankle <laughs> issue. But uh, It's always a bit frustrating when uh, you see him in a boot and then Darren Moore. And again, this is this is all coaching, all sports. Yeah, it's, all it's very hot. Manager will it's say, always, maybe. <laughs> always very unclear who's available and why they may or may not be available and when they'll Pretty be sure available the NFL, again. I think the NFL like, is the only the NFL is the only league in the world that's actually cracked down on that and said yeah. you really got to give the press something to you work need with. Like, a uh, out, so. Marco Bielsa spy in training to figure out who's actually uh, close to being fit or hey, not. Hey, we're on to something. Yeah. So the only other major Wednesday early news of the week is uh, the passing of Don Megson, who of course is a Wednesday legend, uh, one of the most capped players in team history the captain for the 66 fa cup final against everton and certainly just uh you know a a a titan of wednesday history really uh obviously his son gary also played for the team and and managed wednesday and uh you have a bit of a connection out there in portland to don megson yeah so yeah going way back to the um the original Original Portland Timbers, which are not the current Portland Timbers, but the uh, the Portland Timbers founded in 1975, part of the let's see, the NASL. Nassel, yes. All at the time, uh, Don, the nasal, the nozzle. Uh, yeah, Don Mixon was the third, I believe, third manager of that team. Um, I think in his first year, he took them to a. Well, again, we have playoffs and stuff. Took them to a conference uh, championship. I think they got hammered by the uh, Cosmos in that championship. Uh, and then um, he had the two sons. Uh, of course, you mentioned the one that went on to play for Wednesday. His other son actually went to high school here uh, in Portland and did not move back to the UK with his family. And um, it's it's crazy. He went to community, went to community college here. Yeah, so the first um, Wednesday supporter I ever met here in Portland is a guy named Rich. He's been on before. And um, he actually worked at the same place that his son worked while he was going to community college. Um, and then um, this is Neil, and then Neil would later go on to play um, play and manage for the Sounders, um, which is uh, up, up in Seattle. Uh, I think he played some indoor soccer when there was a pro team here. Um, and I guess the other thing about Don Nixon is he recruited a lot of English players to come play in Portland, which was uh, a nice touch. Um, Clive James, I think, came from Cardiff, um, and he played for the Timbers for a few years, but well, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of soccer-related things, especially on the youth side, that are named for Clive James around Portland. Um, he coached um, for more than a decade. I think he coached both the men's and women's programs at the University of Portland. Um, getting off track of Don Nixon here, but nonetheless, his influence of, of bringing these people to Portland, introducing that that part of the soccer scene to Portland, um, it's a, it's a big deal, and I'm, 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 I'm 
thankfully sorry sorry to see his passing so. i will also uh highlight uh, a piece on the sheffield star uh an interview with uh jim mccalliog who played with megson uh in the i think in the 50s and in the 60s at sheffield wednesday and it's 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 lovely and touching that he still like sort of like considers him Mr. Wednesday, but also just the insight into how the how different the game was then. He would talk about like taking the bus to Don Megson's house and they'd like have breakfast and then walk over to the park uh, for the game every Saturday, which is just this it's just not like that anymore. Um, it, we can argue uh, the 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 pros and cons of modern football, but yeah, you don't get that nowadays. But modern football marches on, and we march on to the weekend and a trip to Forest Green Rovers. Take it away, Justin Notes. Uh, we're headed to the New Lawn Stadium, for the record, which I, I assume, I guess they have a new lawn. I think it's a fair, I think they've done a, some fairly extensive renovations since the new ownership group has come in. And, and part of that is no doubt a new lawn. So they decided to put that right in the top of, uh, right in the top when you walk in the, the New Lawn Stadium. I'm sure... Th- <laughs> We've done this before with the sponsors. I'm going to guess they're a lawn care or like lawn equipment product company of some point. It'll be something completely different. It'll be something completely different. I will have it for you before you get done with the... uh... That's fine. Uh, They are 24th. Five wins, eight draws, 24 losses. 28 goals for 71 goals against. That's a minus 43 goal difference. Uh, They're 24th at home and 24th in the form table. And they lost... 5 nothing in late August at Hillsborough. So who are they? They are in Nailsworth in Gloucestershire. Born in 1889, lots of lower league success. <laughs> I don't know if these don't are... Don't read that list. I'm Please guessing this is list. the list of all the leagues they've won. Uh, Mike, if you know anything about me, you know I'm going to read all the names on this list. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. They I'm going to look up the Mid Gloucester, the Dursleyan District, the Stroudon District, the Stroud Premier, the North Gloucestershire, the Gloucestershire Northern Senior League, which I guess is different from the North Gloucestershire, the Gloucestershire County League, the Premier Division of the Hellenic League, the Midland Division of the Southern League, the Southern League Southern Division, the Southern League Premier Division, and the Conference League. They were originally bought by Green Energy Industrialist and a former New Age traveler, Dale Vince, that is. Justin's description. A carbon neutral club. There's no meat in the ground, so take note of that. There'll be no pies, which I don't guess won't be any different from being at a Wednesday game. You literally can't get one instead of just not being <laughs> able to get one. Uh, they have solar wind powered. They Their kit is made out of pla- recycled plastic and coffee grounds, you know, stuff like that. They did win League Two. <laughs> Okay, this this is a this is a bit too far for me. Their their main rival rival is Cheltenham. Well, of course, Wednesday are going yes. to going to play after. Yeah, back Green to back. Yes, and the apparently the the derby is called El Glossico. Like I'm all I'm all for like I, I like El Super Classico, Der Classico, El Trafico is great. Oh, I just I don't uh, the Old Farm Derby is obviously a good one as well. I, I El Glossico might just be stretching it, stretching the pun a little bit. They're at the, okay, they were at the lawn ground until 2007. So maybe the new lawn stadium, maybe it's just the, it's the sequel. 
it's like I'm, uh, uh, I'm actually on the new lawn. Yeah, I, I'm on the new lawn Wikipedia page. Okay, I'm sure you're stunned. No. Uh, for sponsorship reasons, it's sometimes called the Bolt New Lawn, but I have never heard the Bolt New Lawn. Um, but in, in ties to our friends in Rotherham, their pitch collects rainwater to be recycled around the stadium and all <laughs> waste. <laughs> yeah, Rotherham should probably look into that. And all cooking, all wasted cooking oil is cycled into biofuel. Yeah. Nice. They also have a solar powered Mobot, which cuts the grass. Mm-hmm. So. And we, we didn't mention Excited. them before. Um, I also on this podcast because they have vegan baba. Oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. my uh, my son has um, become an FGR supporter because of his uh, environmental stance, but also because he really liked Nathan that you guys interviewed um, yeah. last I, time we I, played I, them. I, and um, they're, my they're son a, has the my son has the kit. My son has the kit. They're a fun <laughs> club. All in all, you know, it's, it's it's something a little bit different. I I, I had hoped they were, they would stay up, but you know, that's clearly not going to happen. They just haven't been able to. You know, it's, it can be a tough jump from League Two to League One. It's a small club, you know. The you know the only it's it's like it's a it's a five thousand I would say a five thousand seat stadium, but it's a five five thousand capacity, only two thousand seated. Um, so this is gonna be another one of those you know tight small pitches in the middle of a neighborhood that we're that we're we're used to it might be our only look at it so i am a little bit curious i don't actually know what the what the stadium looks like how are they going to play on that pitch on the new lawn uh, their manager is duncan ferguson who has come in uh as the full-time guy i don't even know who he's replacing i do remember him from his uh time as caretaker at everton i don't remember who they had fired was it might have been it might have been marco silva it might have been the Dutch guy. Uh, I don't remember offhand, but he came in to replace one of them and had a little bit of a, of a decent spell as the caretaker. Apparently he was a caretaker three different times. Maybe it was for all of those managers. <laughs> Everton has gone through a, a fair few managers in, in recent years. He uses a four, three, three with a double pivot would like to play possession based football, but you know, probably going to be pretty difficult uh, in this league in general. And especially against, Wednesday on Saturday, so you can probably expect them looking to seed possession and counter. Players of note, they've used 37 players this season. Their leading scorer is old friend Connor Wickham with six goals. Uh, he is still their leading scorer despite being recalled to Cardiff in January. Again, they've only scored 28 goals all season. Uh, Miles Pert-Harris is uh, their, their 20-year-old central attacking midfielder has five goals and two assists. And their third leading scorer, Josh March, who's chipped in with four goals, was also recalled to Stevenage in January. So uh, I will also say that as the entire players of note that Justin have listed. I I don't mean to be patronizing. Forest Green are what they are. They have to go here and get three points, especially after this run of results. They have to absolutely level them. They have to pad the goal difference. And I think they're going to be up for it, right? It does seem like they, uh, you know, they got they got their nose bloodied this week, and I don't think they're happy about it. Which fair enough. I mean, Darren Moore introduced the phrase "no excuses" at the beginning of the season, and uh, no, this there are is no the excuses ult- for these two. Games, this is yeah. the ultimate no excuse. They got to go on the road. I don't care if go- half the team doesn't make it there. <laughs> and then they go yeah. on the road to Cheltenham at Wadden Road, the completely Suzuki Stadium, on Tuesday, I believe. This was the. Uh, Rescheduled fixture from their frozen ground, I think, 
end of January or, or the early February thereabouts. Cheltenham are 18th, 8 wins, 4 draws, 13 losses, 21 goals for 30 against, negative 9 goal difference. Uh, they've been okay at home. Uh, 5 wins, 1 draw, 6 loss, only a minus 3 goal difference. Uh, they don't concede a lot, and they don't score a lot at, at home, so I think you can probably get a picture of how they're going to set up, especially the team that's not that far uh, from getting pulled back into a, in a relegation fight. A, the return fixture, or the first fixture at Hillsborough, was a 3-0 win for Wednesday, a Baz Masterclass with goals from Windass Bannon and Pisayo Deli Bashiru. Who are Cheltenham? Oh, I should also note they are 23rd in the phone form table right now with just uh, one win and five losses in their last six. They are, again, uh, as you might have gathered from the Forest Green Fever, they are from Gloucestershire, founded in 1887, bumped around the low minors until they made the Conference League. He did not, uh, Justin did not write, off, write out every uh, league they've won. A little disappointing. Oh, man. All right, I'm on it. They made it into the you don't have to do that. They made it into the conference in 1997, won the <laughs> FA Trophy in 1998, and joined the league for the first time in 1999. They won League Two in 2021. They are the Robins. Uh, he has put El Glasico twice here and spelled it two different ways. I will just note that. And he does provide a shame, link. Shame, he does provide a link shame. to their stadium and uh, naming history. So the completely Wadden Road, known as the completely Suzuki Stadium. Oh, this is right. We did this before. This was the we've done, yeah, we've been yeah, here. Victory before. Sports Ground, the Abbey Business Stadium, the World of Smile Stadium, and the LCI Rail Stadium. Before we named the Johnny Rock Stadium and World. the completely Suzuki Stadium. Yeah, I've read this all on the podcast before, but can do it again. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, their record attendance is eighty three twenty six. I'm pretty sure Wednesday could sell out that allotment on their own for this game, probably. But I don't, uh, I don't know how many that will be there. We'll see. It is a Tuesday night, so I don't know yeah. what there is to do at a Tuesday night in in Cheltenham. Uh, their manager Wade Elliott replaced Michael Duff. This is his first time, uh, first full time head coaching job. They play a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2. <laughs> Tough to break down. Long balls, counters, balls from the central midfielder. Again, you kind of know League what one. you're going to get here. Yeah. Uh, they're players of note. Uh, oh, this is uh, this is our, Alfie old, May. This is our old friend Alfie May, the most yeah. League One striker name. And he's having a very good League One striker season. 13 goals and Dude, three you... assists. Alfie May is in the gossip columns this week because um, he has <laughs> caught the eye of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> How do you know Alfie May is in the? Are you reading the gossip we, columns? No, it's the Wrexham is Rex. Oh, it's Wrexham. Yeah, okay. Someone would like enough. to bring him in. Yeah, it's Wrexham. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, and he would probably be a good fit. Yeah, sure, interesting enough. You know, he's uh, he's getting on in years in striker terms. He's twenty nine already. So, as as weird as to say to get that get, get go cash in with uh, a. <laughs> A potential League Two team. That's what they do, right? You know, flash <laughs> a little cash around. Uh, behind him, uh, Dan uh, Dan and Lundelu, who is uh, on loan from Southampton. Twenty-three year old. Uh, their other forward. He's he's the he's a dribbler. I don't know if they do specifically do a big guy, little guy type thing, but he is the, the one that gets the ball at his feet. I assume he's more of the of the number ten or the second striker. He's got four goals and two assists. 
that the the man sending out those balls from central midfield is Liam Circum. The one goal, three assists, but many key passes. And their back three uh, is anchored by Caleb Taylor and Lewis Freestone, both of whom are good in the air. So we'll see how Wednesday set up to try to Try to break down Cheltenham. You, you know how they're going to play in that in that three five two, which is probably going to end up being more of a, you know, a five three two in, in in reality for most of this match. And again, they uh, they have to go there and get three points. And if they get six from these two, we'll have a very happy podcast next week. There's no we're not we're not setting like two three and four as the minimum points. This is no. the business it's... end of the fixture list and the the bottom end of the table. So. Go get some results. Because, Mike, we want to be we want to be flying high heading into Lincoln City in a couple weeks for our national meetup in Charleston, South Carolina. I mean there's no real there's no real news at this point. You can still go. Just just show up. Uh obviously Mike and I won't be there, but yeah, nothing stopping you, the listener. From, not obviously uh, we won't be there. It's just not didn't work out this year. Yeah. From well, said we said last week we weren't gonna be there. So I will I will trust Patty to deliver me some pristine audio from uh from the match and surrounding events for the show. So if you can't make it, you'll get you'll get some sort of uh like listen in or look in into the into the whole owls the whole away away experience. Well, this has been the Owls AmeriCast experience. Uh, this is episode 209, I think, of the Owls AmeriCast. We'll go with that. You can uh, find us on the internet at Owls Americas. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. The podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday as Forever to the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. However you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask you rate and review the show. So it's more Wednesdays. Find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, since uh, since like me, you won't be at the national meetup. How are you going to watch the Lincoln City game? Are you do anything uh, special I, for it or just the... Uh... I think I'm actually going to be on a plane that day, that morning. Hmm. Not to Charleston, Trent. South Carolina, somewhere else. Somewhere else. No, it, it's spring break and I'll be yeah, out somewhere so yeah so i'll be i think i'm on a plane that morning so i'm on twitter at jeff i think i get to watch the game and then drive to orem to watch college baseball afterwards so well, that's fun yeah it's, it's something uh we won't be talking about that but we will be talking about more sheffield wednesday matches next week <laughs>